What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Samson Strength Coach Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Grasso. Today, we are joined by Kenneth Galetta. He is the head coach for sport performance and science at Indiana State University. Uh, this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed having Ken on. Uh, really good flowing back and forth, just really discussing some of the uh, deeper thoughts that come into the mind of somebody who's obviously trying to take a different route in uh, strength and conditioning than the than the usual route of you know the bachelor of, of you know science and exercise physiology and then get your master's and your GA whatever the case is um, you know, a little bit of a different journey and uh, it's always interesting to hear from these guys so I uh, appreciate you guys listening hopping on enjoy this episode. All right, good stuff. What's going on, Ken? How are we doing today, man? Doing um, well, man. How you doing? I'm great, man. I'm great. So, yeah. So, like I was saying before, we'll just kind of have like you know some casual conversation, get this thing going. But um, obviously, first time on the podcast, and uh, you know, I think you're the second person to use this new technology too. So, I'm pretty excited about that. But um, yeah, man. Welcome to the Samson Trend Coach Collective. Appreciate you coming on. Why don't you uh, introduce yourself first? Let everybody know your name and obviously what your title is and what you do and where you're at. And then uh, I'd love for you to just kind of take us back in the day, tell oh, us boy. your story, where this whole thing started and, and kind of your journey and your background and, and let us know uh, let us know where you're at uh, today and how everything's going there. Awesome. Well, first off, I just want to say thank you for having me. Um, I follow the podcast. I listen to the podcast. It's awesome. I think it's a great thing that you're doing for the industry and all the professionals. So I'm oh, I appreciate that. that. Yeah, thank you. But um, yeah, Ken Galetta, um, I work at Indiana State University. Uh, my title is the head coach for sports performance and science. Uh, I work with the men's and women's basketball teams there and also track and field. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, I went to school at the University of Finley. Uh, I initially went there, I played baseball there for a couple of years, and I initially went to school and I was undecided. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do at that time. I thought, you know, I'm just going to play baseball and, you know, life wasn't going to come so quickly that, um, but it has. And uh, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And my one buddy at the time was doing uh, athletic training and it was a three plus two uh, major. So what that means was you do an undergraduate degree of strength conditioning for three years, and then you get your master's in athletic training for in two years. So you're done in five. So at that time, you know, what I wanted to do was I wanted to stay. I knew I liked athletics. I liked working out. I liked helping people. And um, that's something that I was really uh, interested in. So I did that, uh, graduated with a master's in athletic training. And I actually worked as an athletic trainer my first couple of years out of uh, grad school. So if you think about it, my path and my um, the way I've gone about this is different than most people's. Um, in the strength conditioning world, usually when you get like graduate assistant um, positions or looking for full-time people, they have two or three internships under their belt. They've been at these big places. They've done this, they've done that. Um, my path was way different. So after school, after school, I went, I worked at uh, Coastal Carolina for a year as an athletic trainer. I went back to my alma mater at the University of Finley, worked as an athletic trainer. And then at that time, I was like, I want to get more into the strength and conditioning realm. But by this time, I mean, I'm 24, 25 years old, so trying to get my foot in the door, and um, you know, that was hard because I didn't have those internships that most people do in, in, in their undergrad or in their grad work or becoming a GA somewhere. So uh, I went and I worked at a small school, Tiffin University, 
And there I was able to do athletic training and strength and conditioning. So I was able to do both. I uh, did that for two years. I worked primarily with the football team and the track and field team there. Um, saw success there. Had a couple of national champions in the 60-meter dash, 100-meter dash, 4 I won. And after two years, I was like, I can't do both. It's hard. You try and do both, be a medical professional, and you're trying to be a strength conditioning coach. I mean, it's hard, even at the D2 level. And so at that time in my life, I was like, you got to pick one. You got to pick one and go with it. And so um, I obviously, I was way more passionate about the strength and conditioning. And so now my next thought process was, what do I do now? Yeah. I only got one year of experience, or I'm sorry, one place of experience, two years. So like, you know, do I, do I go back and be a GA somewhere? Do I try to get my foot indoor somewhere else? You know, you just, you miss the boat. How old are you at that point? Uh, 26, 26, yeah. 27. Yeah. So like I'm trying to compete with these dudes that are coming out for out of their graduate assistantship. They're 23, 24, and they have four places of experience. Right. Yeah. You know, so that was tough. So ultimately, you know, I'm, I I have a pretty good self awareness. So I was like, you know what, just bite the bullet. You gotta go back to school. You gotta go try to be a GA somewhere. You gotta get your name out there. You gotta get experience, and you gotta you gotta go do this. Sure. And so. Um, I actually applied to Indiana State, and I actually got offered the graduate assistantship here. Nice. And honestly, it, it's crazy how this all worked out, man, because, you know, it's, it, it's a blessing in the position that I am because it was, you know, obviously hard work and, you know, just putting your head down and grinding it out, but also fortunate enough that, you know, people have left and I was able to get elevated into the position I am now. So... Uh, initially, I was a GA, and I think I was only a GA for maybe three weeks. Somebody left, and my boss, uh, Coach McManus, called me, and he was like, hey, like, we had a guy leave. Like, you're already older. You got experience. Would you want to be a part-time guy? And obviously, I'm like, yeah, uh, I don't have to do school. Yeah, uh, I'm good with that. Perfect. So I got here. Before I even got here, I was already a part-time guy, and I was working men's basketball. And for the next – uh, three, four years I've been here and I've just got elevated to the head coach of sports performance and science. And that's where I am today. Yeah. Pretty long, drawn out answer for you, but you know, I just no. like to explain it because you know, my, my pathway to where I am now is way different than most people. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I want. I want people to explain, like, that's the whole idea of this podcast, you know, is I want to be able to document some of the things and some of the journeys of the people who are obviously, you know, in the world of strength and conditioning. And, and, I, and, I, and I want to say, like, I don't know, I don't know if there's the right term, but I'll just say it anyway, like the real world of strength and conditioning, right? Like, there's oh, like, yeah. you know, this, that your journey, what you just described is a little bit more realistic to me than I think, like what a lot of other people go through, right? It's like, right. especially like where I think we're at in this particular place in time, when it comes to the strength and conditioning industry, where um, you know, eventually it'll probably get to the, to the place where it'll be like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, all right, you go to school, you get your bachelor's, you get your master's or whatever. Here's the route. Like, it's a very, like, it'll be a rigid route that you, right, everybody right, kind of has right. to take to go down that. Whereas like now, a lot of the people we come across in the world of training conditioning obviously have, um, you know, a variety of, of backgrounds and like journeys that are just completely different than everybody else's right 100%. and i think it's yeah you see like so many different ways of reaching some similar places which i think is cool i think it's good you know i mean it's probably brought about some like interesting scenarios but ultimately yeah that's awesome man like i'm glad you're able to do that i guess you know i asked what your age was at that time because i think 26 is about that time where 
um, you know, the heat's on a little bit, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Start, yeah, right. Like you start oh, to yeah. kind of like, because that was when I decided to become an intern as well. Like I was working in the private sector and then I was in a similar situation. I was like, all right, if I want to like go somewhere with this and do something with it. Then it's like, where am I going? What am I doing? I kind of have to just go bite the bullet and do an internship. Like you said, you know what I mean? Or right, just like right, find, right. find a foot in the door. You know what I mean? And being 26 and being, an, I was an intern for like, I think I was an intern until I was like 27, 28, you know what I mean? Kind of thing, you know, and it's just, oh, it's yeah. weird, you know, it's weird to have that happen. But yeah, how was, how was that in your experience? Like, obviously you weren't GA for too long or anything like that, but obviously like stepping into that role, like what did you kind of have to tell yourself as far as like a plan, like mentally, like, all right, here's the plan. You're going to kind of push this aside and go for this dream and then see what happens on the back end. I mean, mentally it was just like, I mean, this is what you got to do, you know, like um, realistically speaking, like, I, I didn't at that time I didn't know a whole lot of people my connections weren't that big you know I was still very very green in the field so you know I thought what was best for me short term and long term was you got to go get experience you got to go meet some new people you got to go see how other people do things and you know I just had to do it you know I I worked for a little bit so I had money saved up I didn't want to go back to school but I know I was I was okay doing it um and yeah and that's just kind of how it landed here nice that's awesome and how how do you feel now about your your decision where have you where have you landed on that as far as like where you're at in your journey what's the what's the overall oh. like mindset oh i love it I, I i love this place and i'm like i said like it's a blessing and i'm very fortunate to be in the position that i am because you know i'm still i would say i'm pretty still pretty young in the field and to be in the position that i am and um, working with the people and working with the teams that I have, you know, this, it's fortunate and I'm, I'm very blessed to be here. Yeah. That's awesome. What's it like living in Indiana? What are some, give me some goods about Indiana. Oh boy. Um, you know, I haven't, Terre, I haven't heard that many, you know, good things. <laughs> so, Terre Haute's Terre Haute, you know, some people call it paradise. Um, it's, uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, obviously, like any other cities, it, it has its good places and bad places. It's it's smaller, you know, but, you know, you make it work. And I, I'm just, uh, I'm more so about making things the best you can for where you're at and the people that you're around. Yeah, make the big time where you're at, right? What's, uh, when obviously you have such a vast array of experience when it comes to athletic training as well, right? Like, how do you, right. how has that kind of changed a little bit? Like, do you come across other people where you're, you, you know, other people and other professionals, obviously, and, and kind of notice a little bit of a difference in terms of like what your capabilities are, what your versatility is versus other strength coaches in the field? Um, not so much. I mean, everyone, I mean, strength conditioning, there's a thousand different ways you can do something and each one is right. You know, yeah. um, I think the biggest way that this athletic training degree has helped me in terms of one you know, I think a relationship with the sports medicine staff is, is crucial for um, athletic success. So just being able to know like, oh, grade two ankle sprain. Yep, got it. I know exactly what to do. I know exactly what you're doing from a from a, a healthcare professional standpoint. I know what I need to supplement in terms of um, prehab, functional testing, or in terms of, you know, it's helping in terms of that whole return to play, play process back to getting that athlete back to what they were or even better than what they were. So it was helping that because we speak the same language. Yeah. So that helps that communication process uh, immensely in terms of just making sure the athlete knows um, what to do, when to do it to get them back to where they need to be. Yeah. And obviously like a major part of communication comes with like 
people on the ground floor, floor communicating what needs to get done to people on the higher floors. And what I mean by that is obviously like your sports medicine staff and your strength and conditioning coaches communicating to the sport coaches, right? 1,000%. Uh, so has that, has that, is that changed at all? Or is that, is that like, I'm wondering if it's actually, cause it's, there's already, a, there's almost like a two, two layer piece to it, right? Where it's like, all right, if I'm a strength coach, I need to try to go to my athletic trainers and have a conversation with them. And then the hope is that we all, we both understand what's going on and the words that I'm using are, you know, being articulated in a way that they definitely understand what I mean by some of the words I'm using, right? right. Um, whether it be like, you know, variables or, or, you know, words like intensity or volume, things like that, right? It's just like general terms like that, like still assuming that people understand what those mean, right? And then, then there's like the, the second layer, which is like, all right, how do we, we've come to a consensus of what we're seeing here with this particular athlete. How are we now going to be able to communicate this to the, um, to the sport coach. So I'm wondering if you kind of almost like skip over that middle step, right? Where it's like, mm -hmm. Hey, you, you both kind of have this universal language already set in. Um, do you think that that has, has, has it been something that you've come across a little bit in your experience, obviously when it comes to like, all right, figuring out what needs to get done. And then now obviously pushing it on to the next, you know, pushing it over to the sport coach's desk. Absolutely. And I think what's uh, great about here at Indiana state is, um, our quote unquote, uh, center for sports performance, uh, sports medicine and performance, it's we're kind of our own little umbrella. So my boss, the um, associate director, is uh, Coach McManus. And then our boss boss is uh, Kellen Norris, who is the head athletic trainer. So he's the director of sports medicine. So essentially, we're under our own center. So the strength conditioning coaches and our sports medicine professionals are under the same uh, center, same umbrella. So that's one of the biggest things we preach is we have to communicate with the athletic trainers have meetings, understand what's going on, back each other up, because at the end of the day, um, we always want what's best for our athletes. Yeah. So we always have to be on the same page. So then if we have to go talk to sport coaches or we have to go talk to administration, we are, we're always on the same page moving forward. So I can back what he's saying. He, he can back what I'm saying. We're speaking the same language or speak it in different ways where sport coaches or administration can understand it in ways that they need to understand it to make um, the correct decisions. Yeah, for sure. And what's the setup there at, at your spot? Like as far as uh, strength coaches and athletic trainers meeting, sport coaches meeting, like how like how often do you guys meet? I, I feel like this is a question I probably should ask more to like get some ideas for like other coaches on how to actually set up lines of communication, right? Like how often do you have to meet? Like, does it have to always be in person? Can it be through Zoom? Can it be like quick phone calls? Can it be through emails, things like that? Like I've, I feel like I've been like experimenting with a few different ways, but what's the setup for you guys there as far as like when you're meeting with sport coaches, when you're meeting with athletic trainers, how often, what you're discussing, things like that. If, if you can divulge some of that information. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll just speak for myself personally. I know um, everyone has their own way of communicating. So whether that's, uh, if it's athletic trainer between the sport or uh, between the strength conditioning coach, it could be just a simple injury report with a phone call or a text message or in person. Me personally, I'm an in-person kind of guy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the athletic trainer rooms uh, are either right across the street or right down the hall, depending on which one they're using. So, you know, I'm always passing those. So it's either stop on in, talk to the athletic trainer. Hey, how's so-and-so? Hey, how's this? What do we need to do differently? And I'm always trying to make it a point to always make it known, walk into the coach's office, say what's up. You know, I, I work out the head basketball coach here, so that's a good time to, you know, just chop it up a little bit, kind of pick his brain, see what needs to be done. But, you know, I'm, I'm an in-person kind of communicator. I like to uh, read body language. I like to look at nonverbal cues. I like to 
just be human because I think um, this is my opinion, but I think in today's age, I mean, obviously we talked about technology takes over everything. So everyone's either texting or phone calling and losing that track of what human communication really is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, that, that body language, right? The mannerisms and being able to kind of see things for what they are and the way things are being communicated that like behavioral 100%. interviewing type style stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. That's nah, pretty cool. Yeah. And I think that, I think like getting coaches to lift with you too is a major plus, you know what I mean? I think that that like actually makes a major difference too. They see, they see another side of you as opposed to just the person who comes to them with information, right? Like it's, right. Like it's probably, I probably, I probably, that's probably something else we should talk about, right? It's just like the idea of like athletic directors and, you know, other coaches, whether it be sport coaches, athletic trainers, like I feel like the, the best places i've been like everybody just lifts in the same room at all times oh yeah you know oh yeah and 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 i love it like i said like i i mean coach shirts is a great guy he's a great coach great guy um i mean you know i i I love when he comes in to work out you know it just helps one just build that relationship with your head coach you know it kind of he's getting out of that that work realm and you kind of chop it up a little bit just talk about whatever really and yeah. it just it helps you out so much in the long run. Yeah, for sure. How's the uh, the work workflow, like work-life balance situation there compared to some of the other places that you've been? How do you feel in terms of like your ability to provide an impact and also not necessarily get so wrapped up in the job to the point where you feel like that's your own identity? I mean, and, and that's a good question. That's a hard question to answer because, I mean, as we all know, is I mean, you're going to put in hours, you're going to put in your time, especially, you know, at a younger age, trying to make it whatever your goal is, if that's power five football, or if that's Olympic side, whatever it is. I mean, as a young, as a young guy in the field, you're going to put in your time, you're going to put in your work and, you know, trying to find ways when you're not in work to fill your cup back up. So you don't just get bogged down every single day doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, because it it does get very um, old, very old, very quick. You do the same thing over and over and over again. But I think for me personally, you know, what I've learned is, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, why you do this job? You know, what's your purpose? What's your impact? You know, and I know for me personally, like, I love helping my athletes succeed and just whatever their goal is, reaching their goals and knowing that I had a little part in their success I mean, that means the world to me, you know, that and just, and people forget this is a simple thank you. Yeah. You know, like, hey, thanks man for everything you did. You know, that right, that right there. I mean, you can't put money on that. You can't put words on that. Like, yeah. like uh, that goes to the heart, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's, it's interesting too, because I think some people would be okay with identifying as, you know, Ken Galetta, strength coach, you know what I mean? I think, and I've been, because at one point in time, I definitely was that, right? You know, I, I think I got asked in an interview, it was like, all right, tell me about Anthony Grasso, not the strength coach. And I was like, ooh, and I got really stumped up. And he, that was the reason I didn't get the job, because he was like, you couldn't tell me anything else about yourself other than the time. Right, right, right. You know, you're a weight room guy or whatever. And I was like, yeah, it's not good. And so, kind of like reevaluated some things from there. But yeah, you know, I think, but I, I don't necessarily think it's like a bad thing if you're like really, you know, obsessed with, the job necessarily like if, right. I think no, it's okay I, I don't if it's think like, so either you know at certain points in your in your life you know what I mean I think that that might be okay if, if you're okay with it you know what I mean it doesn't seem to be like yeah, maybe that's that's your thing you know what I mean I think like sometimes it gets a little bit to the point where I wonder like do you do something that you're good at for money and then you do the things that you love not for money right because obviously right. when anytime there's like some sort of monopolizing of anything it kind of takes the purity out of it but not always but sometimes and I wonder 
if that can happen a little bit in the world of strength and conditioning. But, um, but I think if you're like really into it, then you're into it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, if you're okay with that being who you are, then, then you're okay with it. You know, have you ever, have you ever gotten to a point where you've kind of been emotionally drained or maybe even kind of questioned like how you felt about the impact you were having or like what type of impact you were actually having? No, the only time I really felt probably the, the, the biggest part of my life where I felt just, I would just say just I use the term burnt out. I think that's a that's a word everyone uses was uh in my last year when I was at Tiffin. Because, I mean, yeah. if you think about it, man, I was the athletic trainer for volleyball, men's wrestling, uh, softball, track, um, men's and women's tennis. <laughs> and then I was the strength coach for uh, – I helped out with football, and then I did the sprinters. Sprinters uh, in um, – um, long sprints, short sprints and long sprints. That's a lot. So it's like you're just going around the clock and doing this and running from this to this to this to this to this. And it's like, I mean, I mean, luckily I was a little younger and I was like, I can do this. Like, I know <laughs> at, the, at the time, like, you know, just I'm, I'm single. I, I got nothing else to do. It was either in a small town, Tiffin, Ohio. Like, mm. I mean, you and it's not, you wouldn't really call that a party town. So, you know, you're not really doing a whole lot outside of it. So like, at the time of my life, yeah, I was able to do all that, but you know, it, it weighs on you just because you're, you're you're asked to do a lot, which you know is a good thing because if you're asked to do certain things, that means people trust you. But at the end of the day, it's just a lot. So that's when I was like, yeah, dude, I gotta, you gotta pick one or the other, man. You gotta pick one and go. Like, which one do you love? Which one makes you happy? Which one gives you purpose in life? And you know, that's what kind of led me to here. Yeah. Do you think uh, that could have potentially been the only time where you actually felt like you were, I mean, you usually were burnt out, but is it, was there a point in time where you were wondering, all right, do I actually love this now? Cause I, I would imagine like, no matter how much you love something, if you, if you're just doing it to the point where it's like every hour on the hour, just trying to pump athletes in and get them out. You know what I mean? It's like at some point it takes the quality out of what you're doing and you don't see it as the actual craft anymore. Did you, is that kind of what you felt a little bit in that, in that scenario? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, you know, to a certain extent, I would also say, like, my first year at Indiana State, you know, I'm coming from little D2 Tiffin, and, I mean, you're being asked to work with men's basketball. So I'm like, oh, like, in the state of Indiana, where basketball, you know, basketball's a big, exactly, basketball's a big deal around, around this state. So, I mean, you're asked to come in and work men's basketball and do a good job because at the end of the day, like, men's basketball like, needs to succeed. So like you're coming in with with all all high expectations on what you got to do, what you got to get done. So, mm-hmm. I mean that first year, you know, you had to learn quickly, learn quickly, and you know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, a little stressed out that first year just because you're trying to, you know, you're you're learning a new team, you're learning how basketball players are compared to other athletes and how different it is. You're on the road and how to train throughout a long season like it's it was it was just so different that you just gotta learn quick you gotta adapt and adjust and you gotta just go yeah was that the first time that you felt like that kind of pressure like not necessarily the pressure to like do the job and do the job for a long period of time but do the job really really well in consolidated spurts right for one team is that kind of is that probably the first time you felt that type of pressure oh 1000 percent, 1000 percent. just because it's a you know like <laughs> it's a big one basketball in the Missouri Valley. So like, it ain't no joke. So, and you're asked to come in and do a good job. And you know, like your expectations are high because if you look 
previously like you were hired as a GA a month ago and then your <laughs> boss trusts your boss trusts you enough to give you the call and be like hey you got the experience you're older like can you can you lead this team can you do this you know yeah. and so like and you took on that challenge yeah so the expectations were high and obviously yeah it, it, it was the probably the first time where I was like I you have to do a good job yeah. you have to do it well you know and if learn from your mistakes and change it quickly yeah for sure I, there's no way they would put you in that situation if they didn't think you were you're a stand-up guy and obviously that you had because i think just listening to you talk i'm thinking to myself like regardless of like like all of the other factors that go into like hiring people right like there's a there's a bunch of variables where right, they decide right, right. on you know what i mean i think at the end of the day like they're probably thinking well ken was obviously humble enough to put himself in a situation where he was 26 years old and was like all right i'm gonna like be vulnerable enough to put myself in a situation just go this route and right, right. And, and so they're probably thinking like if we put him in this situation like we know he's going to do a good job because obviously i'm assuming you checked off all the other boxes of like you know technical programming your personality right, right, right all right. that stuff for sure i'm sure they're probably like all the x's and o's are fine but it's like we know he'll probably do a good job because he's going to feel like i think there's certain people who when they get put in those situations they're actually humbled by it as opposed to like you know, boosting their ego, right? You know, and right, I think it's almost right, like, right. oh wow, like I need, I want to, I want to make sure I prove them right. You know what I mean? Whereas I think some people go into these like big situations and these big titles or these new new job roles, and they're like, yeah, see, look at me, like look at look where I look what I became, look what I was able to do. I proved all of you wrong, everyone who right. doubted me. Whereas like I, when someone like gives me a promotion, or I do, I'm like, oh dang, I really got to get my shit together now. It's like, I got to prove them right. Cause I don't want them to be like thinking at least for any second that like, I don't want them to be thinking for one second that I wasn't able to give my, my best effort and that they made a mistake by any means. So that, that's probably a little bit of what you're feeling, right? Absolutely. Cause I mean, you know, everything that you do and I think me personally, everything that we do individually, it's a reflection of the staff. Yeah. You know, obviously, so obviously, you know, Coach McManus, I mean, he put all his trust into me when I first got here. So, and, you know, I'm assuming he would have to go and, you know, talk to the basketball coach. Hey, you got this guy, new guy coming in, administration. Yeah, we got this new guy coming in. So he's putting his name, you know, on, on this, on me who just, who just got there. So it's like, you know, everything I do is not just a reflection of me, but it's a reflection of him. It's a reflection of the staff. It's a reflection of, the whole athletic department as a whole so you know that's what you always have to remember it's not just you yeah exactly yeah i think that that that's where the pressure comes from right knowing that it's like all right this guy like put his neck out there for me absolutely, sure that- absolutely. <laughs> you know yeah. i mean you know as a man all we have is our trust and our word yeah yeah exactly you know? and i think that that's that's super important too is obviously have that pride you know what i mean like people absolutely. take pride in your work you know it's something you want to Obviously, salvage, it seems like, you know, especially in, in today's day and age, eh, I don't know, I probably sound like an old person when I say this, but there's definitely like a little bit of like a, because of like how like every generation obviously makes it so that the next generation can live a little bit better, right? And, and right. That's, a, that's a good thing. But unfortunately, even myself, I'm like, oh, man, you're soft. You know what I mean? Like you get soft on certain things. Right? So oh, it's like, yeah. You know, and I'm like, because I'm like, I'm, I look at my parents, I'm like, I'll never be as tough as my parents. Like they just grew up in a different generation. You know what I mean? Just oh, yeah. Happen. It's Way like, different. It's then they're still doing so. It's like, I don't know, but I, I do think that there is something to be said about that where it's like, all right, like taking pride in your work and actually being somebody. And, and you see that, you still see that. Like, I've had interns, I've had like younger people that I've worked with, and I'm like, there's still, a, there's still a desire. And, and I don't think it's, a, I don't know if it's like a generational thing. I don't know if you can categorize a whole generation saying that they don't, but like, I don't know. Have you guys, you guys, I'm assuming you have interns there, you have some younger people that you guys work with. Like, what are their personalities and their traits like? Yeah, so uh, we have three GAs. Um, 
we got three GAs. We usually get a couple interns. More often than not, those interns are more so from the exercise science. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, some of them are good. Some of them kind of check the box. It all depends. On, I mean, some of them don't even want to do strength conditioning. They just do it. Yeah. They want to be a PT or they want to go uh, do this or do that. So, you know, interns are hit or miss. Yeah, you know, they are. Interns are hit or miss. Some that want to do it, you know, take advantage of it. They want to learn. They want to do all the little things. And others, you know, don't. Yeah, so, for sure. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, to your point, I think you get individuals that, you know, you still, they, they work hard, they grind. Yeah. And I think that, I think what it comes down to is just a matter of, one, do you want to do this? And two, do you understand what it takes to do this? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't think, like, I mean, you take those interns that are learning about it in class and they see, like, these Power 5 football guys getting paid half a million. And so, like, yeah, the money's there, but the money's really only there in that top 1%. Right. You know, so if you really want to do this, like, understand you might have to be a GA, be an intern till mid-20s, not making a whole lot of money. It's a starving artist kind of field to begin. Mm. And then your first full-time gig, it might be $30,000, might be a part-time job, might have benefits, might not have benefits. By the time you make actually good money, you might be mid-30s, 40. Like, it takes a while to get to where you want to be. So I think it always comes down to a full understanding on do you understand what this field is and what this field entails? Yeah, yeah. And that's tough to – it's tough to really – communicate all that it entails in a, in a semester you know what i mean it's tough to even do it it's it's tough to even just communicate it in general i think it's a lot of things that they kind of have to feel and experience on their own you know what i mean which is just really tough because the field is always changing too you know what i mean I think oh that's, yeah that's oh really yeah the tough part you know what i mean yeah and like i obviously i'm only speaking on collegiately but like you know, okay you want to work high school while you're still like oh like you're still gonna have to wake up and do early morning sessions before school, stay after school sessions. Yeah. Like you might have to teach. Okay, private sector. Well, to a certain extent, you want more private sector. The amount of money that you're going to make is going to be based on how many clients you get. Right, yeah. And also, like, at the end of the day, bottom line is you got to work. You got to grind and you got to work to earn whatever you want to earn. Yeah. Well, I guess my question for you, obviously, you're in the collegiate sector, right? And you're there and you're assuming that you enjoy it. Obviously, you talked pretty positively oh, yeah. about it. Um, what are some of the, the pros, in your opinion, on working in the college sector? Like, what are the things that you like the most about working in the college sector versus, uh, you know, not to not in any ways in the private sector or any other other sector, you could say. But um, what are the what are the reasons that you would make an argument to work in the college sector? No, I don't hmm. Great question. One, I think, in the coll- collegiately, I like it a lot because you are dealing with, from an age stand, you're dealing with adults, right? You're dealing with adults, and you are trying to teach them, help them to get to their goals. So we'll take me working with men's basketball. Obviously, every single guy on the team wants to has aspirations of playing in the NBA, playing professionally at some level, whether it's um, overseas somewhere or NBA G League, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say. So, what I what I love about working in the collegiate setting is like you're helping them get there. Like you're dealing with adults that, for the most part, have a self awareness on what their goals are, 
and you're trying to facilitate them and lead them and mentor them, not just from an athletic performance standpoint, just from maturing into an adult and maturing into a man, gaining more self-awareness, more maturity to understand how to reach their goals or how to see success on whatever their success may be. Yeah, for sure. And you see, probably you probably have a closer eye on the end goal too, because you can kind of work in blocks based off of obviously what the season's going to entail, what the year is going to be broken down into. Is that something that you enjoy doing? Oh yeah. I mean, you take, you know, both basketball and now the transfer portal is a big thing, but like you get, you get a, you get a freshman who has a training age of one or zero, which isn't very uncommon when you're talking about basketball players and okay, hey, we got to get to this point your first year, this point your second year. We got to do this, 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 and this. Like, I think this is your ceiling. We got to get you to these quote-unquote physical attributes so you can play collegiately, okay? And now we can play collegiately. Now what do we got to do to even see more progress to get you to whatever your goal is, whether that's professionally somewhere? Yeah, for sure, yeah. And how how do how are the athletes that you work with? Do you feel like you've actually been able to develop a decent relationship with them and you get – you know, pretty like, what is the barometer for like what it means to be like close with your athletes, right? Like, how do you go about developing that trust and has it been able to kind of flourish over the past couple of years? Oh, yeah. And I think with basketball, I think is, is way different than every other sport because you're only talking about 15 guys. Mm. So, with 15 guys, you know, especially how we do it, you know, you're traveling with the team, you're at every practice, you're at every game. So, you know, that, that, that circle and that family-like team is very real with basketball because if you include the staff, include the team, you might be talking only about 30 people. Yeah. You know, so you're talking about 30 people that you're building relationships with. And what I've learned with basketball players is that, you know, if they really only trust their circle. Yeah. So when you're in that circle and they trust you, I mean, they'll, they'll work as hard as they want for you. And that's, I think, the, been the biggest thing for me learning about basketball um, as a whole is that for them to work hard for you and for them to put an effort into reaching their goals or seeing their progress, you know, you have to, they have to gain your trust. They have to gain your trust that, one, you care about them as a person before an athlete and that, you know, you want them to succeed more than they want to succeed. Mm, I think that's, that's the biggest thing is, and that's for me personally, that's been, you know, all the guys that I have now, you know, I think I have a great relationship with them. They all work hard. They all do everything that's on the car. Like, I mean, they know now, Hey, whatever we got to do, we got to do because, you know, I trust whatever he's putting on the card. And yeah, obviously you, seeing progress and numbers go up or seeing body comps changing that helps out a lot but at the end of the day i don't think you have any of that without gaining their trust and building a good positive healthy relationship with each and every athlete yeah no that's awesome and so when it comes to that building on like kind of going off that relationship building right so like you talk about building relationships with all the people in the basketball program, which you said can be, you know, anywhere from like 20 to 30 people, which I would assume it's obviously a lot easier to build, you know, relationships with 20 to 30 people than it is to build with like 150 people in like a football yeah. program, right? Yeah. So with that said, I think the one drawback for me and the one thing that like kind of confuses me, I guess, if you're probably a good word, be like, all right, so like I envision you 
working with the basketball players, you guys are on the road. So obviously you're spending time with, you know, other people on the staff, right. And you're getting to know each other because you're forced to be together on the road, right. You're not right, going back right. to your homes. Right. Um, you feel like you're a part of something because there's a season that starts and a season that ends. Right. So you put together like a story, right? Like there's a story that you guys have obviously taken part in together from, you know, every season has its own kind of like storyline that you follow the timeline. And I think that that's special. Right. And then whether you win or lose, whatever happens at the end of the season, like all that stuff, like good season, bad season, whatever, like there's a ton of like connecting that takes place throughout the season. How do you, how do you go about like salvaging all of that, which seems to be like a really pure thing, right? Like it seems really pure to like develop relationships, build on those relationships, have a connection, create a story together, be a part of something bigger than yourselves for, you know, whatever the five to six months that, that you're together in that particular season and actually like separate it from, I don't know the correct word, but like what I would consider just kind of like nonsense, you know what I mean? Just like the the bullshit right of like what happens when you're working at the collegiate sector all the other things that need to be considered right whether it be like administrative stuff or whether it be um you know pressures from like obviously there's a major financial situation going on that's like way way above and beyond anything that anybody cares about when it comes to like you know the effort and execution you're trying to put right. in your strength and conditioning program right like how do you kind of like differentiate the two where it's like hey this is what i'm doing this is the pure stuff i'm staying focused on this versus like but I know like at the end of the day, there's a profit to be made. There's revenue that has to be generated. We have to win games. I'm kind of replaceable in some way, shape or form. Right. Um, the, the idea that like, um, you know, if I'm not providing a quality service to this particular program, no matter how much they like me, no matter how close we are, I'm probably gone. Right. Like those are, you know what I mean? It's like, I guess it's right. like the be the beauty and the ugly side. Like, I don't know. And then maybe I'm wrong on some of those things too, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But that's just kind of my jaded way of viewing it, looking, <laughs> looking at things, you know, but I do wonder like how you go about like differentiating too, because there is a lot of good to be had there, but then I think sometimes it can be overtaken by some of the, the BS for lack of better terms. Absolutely. And I think um, to answer that question, I think it's twofold. And I think one, it's, you know, you have to understand when lost tie, whatever winning season, losing season, um, the work never, never changes. You know, you win a game. Awesome. Cool. Celebrate. But you know, the next day we got to prep for, Next, we got to get this lift in. We got to do this. We got prep for the next game. Lose, it's the same thing. Winning season, come the off season, I mean, you're working. You know, you're trying to always be better, trying to do from an athletic standpoint, build your athletes up. Losing season, same thing. And then all the other stuff, I mean, at the end of the day, how I see it, a lot of that stuff you can't necessarily control. Mm, yeah. that's, a lot, that's a lot of external things that I can't control. I can't control how other people view me. I can't control if this person doesn't like me or, or whatever the case may be, all I can control is myself, my actions and how I carry myself around my team. So, but obviously, you know, that, that came with time that came with time learning and maturing and understanding who you are as a person, because yeah. all that stuff that you said, it's, it's easy to get lost in, yeah. easy to get lost in, but you have to understand you can't control a lot of that stuff. So once you understand that, all you can worry about is doing the best you can and at the end of the day, I mean, if it's not good enough, it's not, it's not, if it's not good enough, then I can sleep just fine at night knowing that I gave it my all, mm. you know, and I think yeah. that all just comes from intrinsically. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a great answer. I think that's the best, best, probably the best way to look at it, right? Control what you can control, right? And that's Absolutely. Really all. And try not to focus on all the other things that are kind of like feeding into whatever it is. But at the end of the day, like 
regardless of what it is that you're doing, like how you approach that profession says a lot more about you than any of the other stuff ever will. You know what I mean? So I think you're saying, like, as long as you're like good with being able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and feel good about it, then yeah, that's great. That's, that's a, it's a really solid answer. Um, more, okay. Um, so as far as like resources, things that kind of shape your thoughts, right? Influences, it could be like people, books, podcasts, things like that. Um, you know, kind of like, maybe give, you know, kind of expand the knowledge base of the listeners here, or just give us an idea of like where you get some of your influences from. What are some of the things that kind of shape the way that you program, communicate with athletes, act on a daily basis, that kind of deal, anything that you have for, to, uh, to offer the, the listeners? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the best way to learn is one, I mean, you have to talk to people. That's how I've learned the, like I'm all for reading books. I'm all for reading research of the literature, but in a way, I think that can sometimes get skewed in terms of how you implement it. Sure. You know, you're, you don't know exactly how all that stuff was implemented or how to implement it if you're taking it from a book to the floor. I think the best way is, is talk to people, reach out, make connections, see what they do. I know what I like to do. And, you know, if I'm going on the road, I like talking to the other team strength coach. Hey, how's it going? Talk, chop, talk shop a little bit see what they do, what's worked for them, how they train in season, how they train out of season, um, and just communicate. I think that's the best way to go about it because at the end of the day, book stuff's great, but it's how you implement it. It's how sure. it's what, what's actually being done on the floor. And I think that's the best way to go about it is make connections, reach out. If, if you've got to reach out to somebody to ask questions, go for it. Like it's, it's okay. Swallow your pride a little bit. Like you're not admitting fault. You're not admitting that you're wrong about something. You're honestly just trying to better yourself and become a better professional. And then at the end of the day, if isn't that what we're trying to do every single day, just to be a better version of yourself. Uh, That's, that's it. That's all. You know what I mean? That's really all you can do. So yeah, absolutely. Um, that's good stuff. Awesome stuff, Ken. Why don't you, uh, do you have a, like a social media or like any, uh, any, any like way people can get in contact with you? If like some of the listeners want to reach out, ask you questions, that kind of deal. Um, feel free to plug your social media or any other work that you want to put out there, anything that your you know, projects you're working on or anything like that, anything you want people to know about you. But, uh, yeah, why don't you start with social media if you have any? Uh, yeah, I usually, I mostly use Twitter. Okay. Um, it's, uh, my Twitter, Twitter handle is, uh, Ken strength ISU. Okay. Nice. And so I use Twitter the most. I'm always on that thing, unfortunately. <laughs> Pretty addicting, huh? Ah, uh, yeah. You're just always scrolling, man. Just scrolling. It's, it's just everybody's just yelling, yelling stuff on Twitter. It seems like it's it's like it's like the words aren't in all caps, but they might as well be. It just seems like everybody's oh, just screaming at each yeah, other. Yeah. Kind of kind of kind of entertaining, which is why I keep scrolling. I know it is entertaining. I don't have Twitter. I don't or I, I might, but I don't I think I have the app, but I don't I never open it, but it's it's similar. Like I don't know how it's like it's completely different than Instagram, but it's the same in terms of its addictive, you know, addictiveness. Oh, like it just, my, yeah, it's 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 all that social media stuff, you know, yeah. Twitter instagram i used to be very active on instagram i'm not so much anymore um i just use twitter now but i mean obviously as we all know tiktok is blown up and everyone's on that thing that's all i hear about in this generation with all my athletes talking about have you seen this tiktok no i haven't 
you know wild stuff yeah i've actually i haven't downloaded tiktok yet i have not done it although i like I'll, I'll watch like whatever videos anybody sends me but i know that i mean it's no different like i have i watch reels on instagram so it's no different you know what i mean it's just they're just i'm literally just same thing like scrolling through like i'm like it's, scroll, it's the same thing you remember vine back in the day exactly yeah it's the same thing old yeah. old school vine no one no one's gonna know what vine is if i ask any of my athletes now what vine is they have no, no clue. it wasn't around long enough it was it was when it was around it was sick but then it wasn't it didn't stick around long enough no it really happened. didn't it really didn't <sighs> All right. Hey, awesome stuff, Ken. I really appreciate you hopping on, man. I know you got stuff you got to get done. This is a great podcast. I really, I hope you liked it. Obviously, I'll chat with you in a second. We'll kind of wrap yeah, things no, up. Man. If you have some final words, anything you want to close out with, appreciate it. No, yeah. Once again, just thanks for having me. I know, uh, like I said, you know, I listen to it. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of what you do and what this podcast is all about. And I mean, just any way we can uh, help the profession and help it, you know, help any individual, whether it's one person or a hundred people, you know, yeah. that's all, that's all we're here for. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I, I really appreciate that, Ken. I appreciate, it. and I, for all those listening, I feel like I should say this more. If anybody wants to be on the podcast, just reach out to us, and we'll we'll make it happen. But uh, yeah, Ken, I appreciate it, man. This was an awesome conversation. I'm really glad I got to meet you. And uh, yeah, listeners, we'll catch you guys next time. All right, thank you so much.